This episode of First Line is sponsored by TrueLearn, an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I am so excited to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. For my listeners who are taking the USMLE, TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE smart bank. Each TrueLearn smart bank practice question has detailed answer explanations and succinct bottom lines to get the big learning takeaway. TrueLearn includes first aid references for each question and an option to create tests based off of topics, so you can use TrueLearn to help prepare for your school's test during the year. Lastly, if you are in your third year like me, TrueLearn also offers smart banks for shelf exams. Go to TrueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes for up to $35 off your new subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first line solution to excelling on your your exam. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson and this is First Line. I'm here to bridge the gap between sophisticated doctor talk and oversimplified patient education to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Thanks for joining me for another episode. First Line is now available on a variety of platforms, including Spotify and Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon and Audible, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Player FM, Podbean, TuneIn, Reason, and iHeartRadio. Please subscribe and follow wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today I will be reviewing different professional pathways to healthcare careers. I already have an episode entitled Medical School Timeline Explained where I talk about becoming a DO or an MD. And today I'm going to focus more on the allied health professions. This is really helpful to anyone who is trying to decide what career is right for you and for friends and family members of young people or those looking to change careers. Or if you just want to gain better understanding about what is different between a physician and an NP and a PA and all these acronyms. I am new to the world of healthcare, but I can honestly say that it has been enormously rewarding already, and I highly recommend it. I have already had experience working with allied health professionals and have many family members and friends who chose some of the fields I will be discussing today, and that includes healthcare professionals who are not physicians, such as physician assistants, PAs, nurses, and nurse practitioners, NPs, chiropractors, therapists, and naturopathic doctors. Let's get started with PAs. Physician assistants have the four years of undergrad, just like medical students, and then they go to three years of PA school, which is a little less than medical school, and then they don't have any kind of residency. And PAs are supervised by physicians, and they work under them. They can see patients on their own, but they still have to 
work under a physician directly. After seeing a pediatrician until basically college to find a replacement for my primary care physician, I ended up seeing a PA recommended to me by my mother for my college years and most of my adult life until moving for medical school. And she did such a great job. I really do love PAs and I will definitely love to have them on the healthcare team when I am out in practice as well. A nurse practitioner, also referred to as an NP, is someone who went to nursing school, which is a four-year program. You can also get an associates in nursing, but to be a nurse practitioner, you do a four-year program of nursing school. Or you can do something called a bridge program that gets you to associates to more of the advanced levels of nursing. And then you do two years for the Master of Science in Nursing, also called MSN. And then there's a four-year degree that is for Doctor of Nursing Practice, also referred to as DNP. No residency program with that either. NPs often take on similar roles as PAs with working in practice with doctors. I actually saw an NP for women's health while in college. I have been raised to have a tremendous amount of respect for nurses in general. My mother is a BSN, which means she has a bachelor's level of education and works as a nurse. Also, my best friend is currently in school to receive her DNP. And it's crazy to think that a lot of times doctors and even medical students first starting out don't have a ton of respect for nurses. So I think that this past experience that I have will give me greater knowledge about what they do and respect for what they do as well. A naturopathic doctor, which when I say naturopathic doctor, I'm not referring to an unlicensed naturopath. So a naturopathic doctor is someone who has a bachelor's degree and then goes to a naturopathic school, which is typically four years long. And there's only a few of them in the U.S., but they are out there. Naturopathic programs claim to teach the same basic sciences as DO and MD schools, and then they supplement it with an emphasis on holistic and non-toxic approaches, so not using medication, and they focus a lot on disease prevention and optimizing wellness, which sounds really good, right? But I cannot directly speak to naturopathic doctors as being sufficient as a doctor. So only DOs and MDs are approved as a physician. Just because naturopathic physicians use the word physician and doctor does not mean that they know everything that is needed in order to treat you. It is completely in your own right to choose to go to a naturopathic physician, but I really do urge you to not make that your primary care physician. I would fully recommend that you see a DO or an MD instead. 
Naturopathic doctors are only licensed in 25 states in the United States and are not federally recognized as physicians. There are only seven schools in the U.S. and at their most broadest scope of care, which is in Arizona, they can only prescribe vitamins and minerals, vaccines, antibiotics, and oral contraceptives. The American Academy of Family Physicians put out a statement that naturopathic theory and practice are not based upon knowledge widely accepted by the scientific community. After consulting official naturopathic websites myself, I could not find any support of their practices following evidence-based medicine, which is the basis on which DOs and MDs practice medicine where we always make sure our treatment is proven to be the most beneficial option to our patients through scientific research. I honestly can agree with a lot of what NDs stand for, including holistic care, prevention, and the importance of a healthy diet, but I think their scope of care is far too limited and obsolete to be taken seriously on their own in the medical community thus far. The only instance in which I think NDs contribute positively is in a similar role as a PA with working on a team of physicians in a collaborative way. I don't think any education is wasted. I just think that we should be cautious before embracing healthcare that is not evidence-based. If you are looking for more prevention and someone to treat you as a whole person, DOs have a ton more years of experience in order to do this. And if you need medication that your disorder, your diagnosis cannot be treated with using herbs and if it's too late for prevention, a DO will be able to prescribe you what you need as well. So we can really do both, right? Naturopathic schools do not have the rigor of a medical school, and they also don't have the robustness of rotations and residencies. And because it's such a new field and there's only a few schools, it's hard to really see how they have been benefiting patients. And just because it is an accredited program does not mean that you are getting the treatment you need. Again, it's completely your choice. Do your own research, but if you're looking for someone to treat you holistically, please consider a DO and not a naturopathic physician. Please do not get the two confused. DOs are approved physicians in the U.S. Naturopathic physicians are not. They are seen as supplementary, so do not use them as your go-to. Chiropractors are very similar in the number of years. You typically need an undergraduate degree and then about four years of chiropractic. And I have talked about chiropractors on my episode entitled Osteopathic Medicine because a lot of people ask questions about OMM and how that relates to chiropractic. All I'm going to say is that in my knowledge base, chiropractors are really good at relieving pain fast. The techniques used by chiropractors were inspired by a small subgroup of techniques that DOs use called high velocity low amplitude technique, also known as HVLA. In my opinion, the early chiropractors took this original technique of HVLA that DOs have continued to use, but 
evolved it so much over time in the chiropractic circle that it is now something very far from osteopathic manipulative treatment. And the big difference is that OMT, osteopathic manipulative treatment, treats more than just the joints. And this is another very clear distinction to understand that highlights the importance of focusing on the body as interconnected systems, which chiropractors do not do as well because they do not have a degree in medicine. They are limited to manipulating the, the joints and the bones of the body. DOs are not chiropractors. We do a lot of manipulation of your body, but we are more than that. We treat you as a whole person, not just your ailment. We can see you as your regular physician and then we can also work on your back pain too. So I don't really see the need for chiropractors personally. I know a lot of family and friends see them and I'm not going to sit here and say that chiropractors and what they do isn't safe, but I know that DOs have just as much hands-on training and ability to change your pain, but we have a little bit more understanding of your body as interconnected systems instead of just your skeletal system, just your muscles. DOs do all of that and more, and sometimes you don't really need a crack in your back. Sometimes you need to focus on the way your hips move with your back and you have some somatic dysfunction in your ankles that's affecting your gait or the way you're walking and that's what is giving you back pain. I know it's it's just a little example but that is something that a chiropractor would just say okay your back hurts I'm gonna crack it for you. So I know I'm simplifying it so much and I know chiropractors think a little bit more complex than that but I'm saying that they kind of have their place in treating patients and sometimes they're turned to in times that a deal would be much better. I would definitely want to talk to your primary care physician before seeing a chiropractor to see if they recommend it for you. I can definitely see myself at times. Uh, deciding that that might be good for a patient. I just think you should always keep your primary care physician in the know. And if you're seeing a DO, they can probably treat you without seeing one. If you're seeing an MD, they might be a little bit more likely to refer you to a chiropractor. But just make sure that you're really treating yourself holistically instead of just deciding, okay, back pain means chiropractor which isn't always true. And they're probably not going to give you ways to prevent your pain because they want you coming back again and again and again. So go see your physician about your back pain. If they refer you to a chiropractor, great. It's probably a lot better for you than chronically taking muscle relaxants for your back pain or needing surgery eventually, being reset by a chiropractor, or even better yet, a DO is going to be a lot better for you. I sincerely hope that I didn't offend anyone about talking about these health professionals. I have major respect for so many of them. I also had a lot of friends in college that 
ended up going to PA school and can't wait to work in an interdisciplinary team. And I really do have such an appreciation for the work that the allied health professions have in patient care because doctors, there are not enough of us and we don't have enough time to really take time with our our patients to meet their needs with a lot of these therapies and that just allows us to see so many more patients and impact even more lives that I have such immense gratitude and I really see that that is where changing people's lives really does happen and it's all about coordinating that care and working together and not seeing another profession as less than but seeing them as complementary is super important. I just want to issue a word of caution again about a lot of these professions try to make themselves equal to doctors and I hope going through all of what is required for medical school and residencies really does paint the picture that our training is unique and it's rigorous and it gives us the knowledge and experience that we need in order to treat patients. Again, I went into detail about this on my prior episode entitled Medical School Timeline Explained and anytime a health professional is working in absence of that expertise and experience, the health of the patient is harmed. During high school and college, I saw PAs and nurse practitioners exclusively, but they were always working under the direction of a physician. The PAs and NPs training me were very good at their job and I was never I was never really upset, but I do acknowledge that their training is just very different than what it is for medical school. Another point of confusion that I often encounter is in the mental health circle with the difference between therapists, counselors, psychologists, and psychiatrists. So starting out with psychiatrists, that is the doctor for mental health and went through medical school, whether they are a DO or an MD, and they did their rotations, they did their residency, and now they are the leader of the mental health care team. They can work inpatient in the hospital, or they can work outpatient, and you can go see them. They handle a lot of medications, and they do the diagnoses. If you have mental health issues, they will diagnose you. There are also PAs that can work in psychiatry. There's also advanced practice nurses that can work there too. And they have more of a support role for the psychiatrist. Now a psychologist, they focus a lot more on different treatment methods such as cognitive behavioral therapy. And they focus on your thoughts and behaviors and how they interact with your environment. They they typically have a doctorate degree, so they have four years of undergrad and then they have four to seven years of graduate school 
depending on what kind of program they do and if they choose to specialize. Psychologists overlap a lot with psychiatrists because they can diagnose and treat, but they don't provide the pharmaceutical treatment side of it, though some states are expanding this role to allow psychologists to provide pharmaceutical treatment. Psychologists also overlap with the counselors and the therapists with providing different kind of therapeutic techniques in their treatment, such as psychotherapy, which is basically talk therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, applied behavioral analysis, interpersonal therapy, and psychodynamic therapy. Counselors and therapists and psychologists overlap a ton, but usually counseling refers more to practical, individualized focus on problem solving and understanding what is contributing to your mental health issues and kind of working through that. Therapists and therapy differs a little bit with seeing challenges in terms of their context, so social and relationship aspects, using more of the interpersonal connections with the patients, family, and friends to understand their, their status. And when it comes to mental health therapists, they often specialize such as marriage and family therapy and also addiction, behavior, divorce, child therapists, clinical therapists, cognitive therapists, eating disorder, trauma. Therapists typically have a master's degree. Counselors are often used interchangeably with therapists and they also receive a master's degree typically. Again, there's a lot of overlap, but I hope this clears up some of the confusion that is super common. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at First Line Podcast if you haven't already. And from there, feel free to DM with any comments, suggestions for episodes, feedback on how I'm doing, and also any questions that you would want me to answer on a future episode. Thanks for listening.